minutes after the hour. This is the Around the House program. We're glad you're with us here, and thank you for sharing your weekend. We're here for a couple hours every Saturday. Going in, our, actually, in my 30th year doing this now. We started in November of 93, so 29 years last November, and our my 30th year, and we're so glad you're here to share it with us. You know, and thanks to all of my advertisers, the stations that have carried the show over the year, over the years, and especially uh, advertisers, of course, that would keep us on the air, but also mainly for you out there, my listeners who have been emailing and calling over the years, and we're so glad you're out there. And if you want to check in with us, you could do that at 719-473-1240. We have a guest in the 2 o'clock hour. We'll talk heating and air conditioning. Uh, Jim from Click Heating, one of our relatively new sponsors, will be here. And we'll, I have a lot of questions I want to ask him, especially about the push for electric heat. Uh, I'm really interested in that topic, and I'll bet you have some things to say about it and uh, how to get uh, new air conditioning at your house before the prices go up. We'll do all that at in the 2 o'clock hour. So if you have some HVAC questions, HVAC, heating, venting, air conditioning. Some people, we use that, we throw that term out willy-nilly and that's what it means heating venting air conditioning so he's um, one of the good ones in town uh and and just a great company and uh you'll get to meet jim in the two o'clock hour so i'm looking forward to that in the meantime my buddy don sent this to me these are he calls these useful af- uh, aphorisms uh and uh you you can tell me what you think when this is over some of these are kind of cute actually it's not whether you win or lose but how you place the blame i I can relate to that one we've had enough youth how about a fountain of smart (laughs) i like that the original paint okay let me start over the original point and click interface was a smith and wesson i like a fool and his money can throw one heck of a party that's good when blondes have more fun, do they know it? Good question. Five days a week, my body's a temple. The other two, it's an amusement park. Let's see here. Money isn't everything, but it sure keeps the kids in touch. We know about that one. Don't drink and drive. You might hit a bump and spill it, right? No, I don't know about that. That's okay. If at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. Then we That's a kind of a cliche. We were born naked, wet, and hungry. Then things got worse. Uh, Let's see. Red meat is not bad for you. Fuzzy green meat is bad for you. So you have to figure that out. Let's see. (laughs) This is pretty cute. Xerox and Wurlitzer will merge to produce reproductive organs. Yeah, the... Where's my drum roll when I need it? Alabama state motto. You ready for this? At least we're not Mississippi. Let's see here. A couple more. This is in the news. Artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. (laughs) Sounds like Forrest Gump. The latest survey shows that three out of four people make up 75% of the population. Let's see here. This one is very good. Congressmen should wear uniforms like NASCAR drivers so we could identify their corporate sponsors. And I like that. And finally, the reason politicians try so hard to get reelected is that they would hate to have to make a living under the laws that they've passed for the rest of us, right? Yeah. Anyway, I thought you'd enjoy those. Thank you, Don. Those are kind of food for thought, I guess. 719-473-1240. Oh, by the way, I found out this week... Every uh, every month, the uh, station publishes kind of statistics on podcasts for the previous month. And 
the Around the House program had, uh, I don't know, four or five of the top ten, something like that. Thanks to you all, and we I appreciate that. You all are really responding to the podcast, and that's great. I'm really pleased that you're doing that. And <clears throat> you can download them anytime you want and put them into your MP3 player or listen to them <clears throat> on your computer or on your on your smartphone. At uh, You can go to my website, aroundthehouse.com, <clears throat> click on Listen to Podcasts, or you can uh, go to the krdo.com uh, site, and we've talked about that before. And just click away, and there, there you go. We have them going back till last summer. Uh, let's see a couple of emails. Let's see before we take a break. A couple of these. Uh, da, 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 da. Dear Ken, you talked about insulating and drywalling the garage to save energy. In my case, the ceiling is open and vaulted in the garage with attic vents on top. Would I be wasting my time finishing the walls? Yeah, you, you'd want to finish the ceiling in that garage before you finish the walls because heat rises of course and when you bring those warm cars home at the end of the day the heat from those engines will just disappear into the attic and out outdoors through those attic vents so i would i would spend whatever money you have budgeted to put a drywalled ceiling in there and then we can talk about the walls but this is true in a house or garage that since heat rises, we want to do the attic first and then worry about the walls. So I would drywall the ceiling. And then in my house, I have a my garage is totally finished. Up in my garage attic, I have a pull-down set of stairs. Uh, we just laid some insulating bats on top of the sheetrock there. I think they're like, oh, three or four-inch bats. We just laid them down between the, the, the uh, ceiling joists that hold up the drywall and it, it just keeps that heat down there in the garage more than it would otherwise. And so I would start with that. I would not do the walls first. You want to do the walls in a garage really more for dressing it up than any other reason. And, of course, you want to insulate the walls. You never want to put on a drywall over a wall without insulation in it because insulation is so cheap. So uh, I would, again, start with the ceiling. I know drywalling a ceiling is a pain. It's very difficult. They do. You can rent a drywall lift. It's called. It's kind of a crank affair that lifts the sheet up, sheets up to the ceiling, and then you and a friend can nail them in place. You get the idea. So, or you can buy eight foot sheets. Uh, normally, drywall in new construction comes in twelve foot sheets. You could buy eight foot sheets, and you and a couple of buddies could lift them up there and nail them in place. In, in any event, I'd get that. Drywall ceiling in the garage before I would do uh, the walls, yeah. And then it gives you a nice place to store stuff, too. If you want to put some pull-down stairs there or make some kind of a hatchway or, or an attic access hole uh, that you could lean a ladder against or whatever, it makes a wonderful place to store lightweight things up in that garage attic. You don't want to use anything heavy because those uh, ceiling rafters are only designed, engineered, for the sheetrock and for the for the snow on the roof and the what we call the roof load, they're not engineered for anything heavy like, you know, just just like books and magazines and things that would be heavy. Nobody buys magazines anymore, I guess. But what most people put up in the top of their garage are <clears throat> bulky things, empty suitcases, cardboard boxes, maybe that had computer or stereo gear you want to save. Uh, Christmas decorations are relatively light. So that's what's in the ceiling in the attic of my garage. And so it makes a nice place. You can lay some plywood up there and have a good time. It could be a man cave if you wanted to 
hide a TV up there and disappear once in a while. So anyway, so that's the story on your garage. Do the ceiling first and save that heat. Let the um, uh, let the attic uh, be enclosed so that the garage stays warmer at night. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now and be back. We have uh, the lo- phone lines are open, 719-473-1240. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Stick around. Here's a commercial for Click Heating and Air. Jim, the owner of Click, will be with us in the 2 o'clock hour. I've been saying for several weeks now, life's too short not to have central air. And the problem is new government regulations have kicked in. So the old 13-seer air conditioners are disappearing. Once these are gone, uh, you're going to have to pay 1000 bucks or more for central air. But Click Heating and Air has a limited supply of the 13-seer units. So if you want AC in your house, get in the queue right now. Give him a call, 719-782-5425 is the number. And if you haven't had your furnace checked this season, we were just talking, there's a lot of winter left, so uh, they've got a special deal for Around the House listeners. Only 79 bucks. that's a $20 discount from the usual price. So give Click a call. It's your local family-owned ream dealer. you got to call them right now to get that central air at the lower price before the regulations kick in. Call Click at 782-5425. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 19 minutes after the hour. I want to shout out to our listeners in Casper. The show is carried a little later in the afternoon in Casper, but we're glad you're there listening on KTWO. Have you guys noticed McDonald's coffee lids to, to flip that little thing forward, you got to get your fingernail in there, and sometimes you push it down, and then you. I just, I can't believe I'm I'm an engineer and I can't figure this out. So I finally got my pen to click it up. Um, they need some kind of a magnetic deal or something. I can never get that open, but I don't want to leave it open because the coffee cools down. So I'm just, you know, is what do they say? Wah wah wah. You got my major problems in my life, right? McDonald's coffee lids. Anyhow. I'm not blaming McDonald's. I'm blaming my lack of expertise, I guess. 719-473-1240. And uh, we have Jim from Click Heating and Air coming in in the 2 o'clock hour. Spend a couple, at least a couple of segments with us here on the program. Gary says, and I can relate to this, I have those old fake marble windowsills in my 1970-ish house. And would like to find replacements. Can you help? Well, Gary, I know what you mean. Those are those were ugly the day the day they went in, weren't they? It was a way to really put a quick windowsill. And and you know when we in the old days when we had single pane windows, you know before we got insulated double pane windows, we got a lot of sweating and condensation. Well, the marble windowsills were really uh, good at at repelling that, and the um. Uh, you know they they would not be affected by the moisture like drywall would would be or even wood. Um, I, I don't know why. You know that they, they do conduct cold into the into the room. There's no doubt about it. I know they're impervious to moisture, but when you touch them on a cold day, they're very cold. And so I would r- rip those out and replace them with painted wood. Um, there's no doubt that a painted wood windowsill particularly with a routed edge, you know, kind of a decorative edge would be a good deal. Now, the problem is 
these things were glued down with construction adhesive when the house was built, and they're they're a son of a gun to get out. A lot of times you have to beat them with a hammer, and they break up, and you chip them out with a cold chisel and scratch them with a putty knife. So they're not going to just lift up and out of there. And the they can be. You have to be careful because they can the the outside edge can be tucked under the window frame itself. So you don't want to mess up the window. So you have to be patient, but start beating on these with a hammer and scrape them and get them out of there. Then you can get a piece of three quarter inch material, which is really uh, about five eighths thick, uh, a board, you know, decorative pine boards or whatever. Uh, MDF or particle board, whatever you want in the way of wood or decorative stained wood, route the router the edges and put a nice windowsill in there. And, and the room will be warmer and it, these they'll be prettier uh, than uh, than what you have now, those old marble windowsills. So they were, as I say, those were pretty ugly and not, not very useful when they went in, but it was a way in the old days with those single pane windows to keep the moisture at bay. I guess that was the that was the reason or the justification, I guess, for them. Here's an HVAC question. I maybe I'll run this by Jim. Also, this is from uh, this is from Carrie. Uh, her son lives in a townhouse with the vents on the ceiling. There's no cold air return on the main level, and she and, and he's freezing. What can uh, what can he do about it? Well, for right now, you got to get the air circulating. I know what you mean. I, I can't contractors that put heat vents on the ceiling are really irritating because it's not a good way to handle heating heating as we talked a few minutes ago rises and you want heat vents in the floor so it'll get up and circulate in the room down near where you are you're down near the floor not near the near the ceiling so if if he wants to get the house a little warmer turn the furnace fan on as i say 24 7 out it'll use a little more energy than uh uh than than he might like and it might add 20 25 bucks a month to um to your electric bill but that's better than nothing um you're gonna have to get a cold air return down near the floor so you get some circulation from the heat vents on the ceiling down across you and the furniture and your body into a cold air return that's going to be hard to do you're going to have to get an hvac contractor in there to kind of investigate to see if they can hide a, uh, some kind of duct behind the sheetrock or how they're going to access that, it's 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 going to be difficult uh, to do at this point. So I don't know where the cold air returns are required in every room. I don't know why it was why it was left out, but maybe there's some access to the furnace that will be um, uh, that uh, will be easy for them to run a to run a duct to. We'll you know you'll have to see and check that out. But you could call my buddy at click heating who's going to be here at two o'clock and i'll run this question by him uh and see if there's some magic answer i'm not thinking of but it does the design of heating systems there's a lot of science in it and sometimes builders and heating contractors take shortcuts by the way their number is 719-782-5425 there's science in it and the science and and in a really uh, very quick and dirty overlook, the goal of uh, heating contractors when they design a, a system for a room, family room, living room, your main level rooms, 
The goal is to wash warm air over the cold surfaces. That's why the heat vents in your house are on the outside walls, because the outside walls are cold. The windows are especially cold. So we want to wash heat, the warm air, over the cold windows, and especially the patio door. That's why you'll see a heat vent, vent under virtually every single patio door, right? So we want to wash that uh, over the over the cool surfaces, which helps heat the room, obviously, but also there's a comfort factor there that is worth uh, talking about for a couple of minutes. When you, a lot of times when you feel cold, even though the average temperature of the room might be 70, 71, 72 kind of idea, if you feel cold because you're near a window with no drapes on it or you're a, you have a short sleeve shirt on, if you feel cold, perception is, means a lot when it comes to heating and cooling. So you'll turn the thermostat up and waste energy. That's why it's important to have the air masses mixed up, like we talked about a few minutes ago. And it's also important to have the heat uh, in the locations for the heat vents in the right part of the room and of the house. That's why I'm not a big fan of those, you know, those little clear plastic deflector those little domes they have magnets on them that you stick on your heat vents and it's the theory is it blows heat out into the room but the theory uh, obviates the the theory or, or the engineering behind the heating system in the first place so if you have those little deflector those round deflector vents that forces the heat into the middle of the room get rid of them you want that heat again to wash over the outside walls and windows now the only exception is if you have drapes in uh, over those heat vents, and you want to keep the uh, heat from blowing up behind the drapes and ballooning them out, of course, then those deflectors work pretty well there. But that's only one or two heat vents in your, in your house. So that's kind of the story on how we design heating systems. So back to your son's condo here, uh, the, uh, Carrie, the problem is, of course, the heat source is on the ceiling where the heat goes anyway, and not down near where your son hangs out uh, watching TV at night. And, you know, you, you live down near the floor, not up near the ceiling. So the way to, to uh, kind of help with this, uh, as I say, to turn the furnace fan on all the time for now, but you got to get a cold air return down near the floor level. That way the heat will come out of the ceiling vents and go down and across the room into the cold air return to circulate back through the furnace. So good luck with that. I hope... There is some kind of access that uh, that you can use uh, to, uh, to to get that in without tearing the house apart. It's very difficult to do this after the fact. I do um, uh, more often than you would think. I see people that do this in the upper floors of a two-story house. Two-story houses are hard to heat and cool because uh, the heat wants to rise and the cold air wants to fall and vice versa in the summertime. And uh, so heating and cooling uh, and good air circulation in a two-story house can be difficult. So sometimes we'll run a, a new duct, uh, like a cold air return duct, up through the garage, and that works out nicely. I see that more often than you would think. So that's one option. I don't know if you have the option here for, the, for your son's townhome, but uh, that's just one way uh, to tackle it. So there you go, 719-473-1240. I forgot to mention... And I should because we do it all every week. I have live email up and running here in the studio. If you want to email me at the aroundthehouse.com website, second button from the left, I'll see the email right here in the uh, in the studio. So 
that would be a good uh, thing to do. It, but we'd prefer you get on the horn on the phone. Four seven three twelve forty is our phone line here. So time for a break, and uh, don't forget our special guest, Click Heating and Air, Jim, the owner, in the two o'clock hour for H and HVAC conversation. In the meantime, time for a break. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Well, Chris and Matt and I were just talking about a big storm coming in Wednesday. It could be many, many inches of snow. So there's a lot of winter left. And if you're wasting energy, taking a look at your utility bill lately, you need some good windows on your house, specifically from Dutch's Home Improvement. They carry the best brands in town, have the best installers going. They've been around over 30 years, so they must be doing something right. Uh, Gary, the owner, uh, he's a pretty impressive guy, and his commitment to customer service is uh, is kind of amazing. Uh, and this is a good company. You need to give them a call. Seven. 719-392-1369. If you have ugly old wood, wood or steel or aluminum windows, you want to get rid of them. And your house will be prettier when you get new windows from Dutch's. But the main thing is it'll be more energy efficient summer and winter. So for a company that's been around over 30 years, good old-fashioned customer service and the best brands in town for vinyl windows, give Dutch's a call. Dutch'sHomeImprovement.com or 719-392-1369. Once again, Dutch's 392-1369. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 25 minutes before the hour. I have a, a, a breakthrough. I, for this reason alone, I'm glad I came into the station today. We had a, a young man call from, was, did he work for McDonald's, Matt? It sounded like, okay, I wish he'd got come on the air. By the way, I haven't said this in a long time, but one of the compliments I've gotten over the years is I'm not scary to talk to. Some talk show hosts like to yell and carry on and wave their arms. That's not me, so don't be afraid to get on the air. He didn't want to, but he. I'm just so impressed with this breakthrough. Here's the deal, according to this young man, on McDonald's coffee lids. That little button where the hole is, right, is meant to be pushed on with your upper lip and you suck coffee out, let go of it, and it pops right back up. And I am just stunned of how how I've been all these years been scratching at that with my fingernail and clicking it open and clicking it shut. I am I, – are you guys as impressed as I am? You are, aren't you? I just – I love that. Thank you, whoever that guy was that called. We didn't get his first name, but that is kind of an amazing thing. So the, so the default is that the little lid – pops back up level and keeps the heat and the steam in you know uh, from my days in thermodynamics and and uh, physics and and so on that uh, the reason coffee cools so quickly is it takes a lot of energy to produce that steam or the vapor so if you lose the steam you lose heat much more quickly than if you confine it so there there i am so impressed you know and this is i just can't get over it but the good life, in my opinion, is you learn one new thing every day, a new word, right? A new way to make love, whatever is going on, whatever, you know, anyway. Did I, why did I go there? What's wrong with me? Anyway, learn one new thing every day and your life will be a good one, right? Anyway, 719-473-1240 is our phone number. Here's an email from B. Should I buy a service plan on my dishwasher? It costs 175 bucks for three years. Interesting question, but I I probably wouldn't do it if you could if you put another hundred bucks with that or maybe 150, you could get a new dishwasher. 
Uh, so I'm not a big believer in warranties because warranties, they're, they're betting. A warranty is a bet. You're betting uh, the company uh, that the thing will break down and they're betting it won't. Now, the company has access to statistics that you don't, and they know the failure rate of dishwashers nationwide. And if you get a big enough uh, universe of appliances, then you can figure out what the best bet is and the amount to charge. And you'll you'll have to replace a few dishwashers, of course, but overall you'll uh, you'll win that bet. So they're just like the house in Las Vegas or in a, in a, in a Cripple Creek casino, casino. The math is always on the house's side. You know that, right? So they wouldn't be proposing this warranty plan if it weren't a moneymaker for them. And uh, and uh, usually the greater part of the fee is a commission to the vendor anyway. So if you go to, uh, I'm not going to pick on Best Buy, but Best Buy or, or, or any vendor that uh, they want you to buy a warranty, a, a big chunk of that is, uh, is a commission. And they're entitled to that. But no, I wouldn't do this. I would just pass it by. Um, if... A dishwasher is not all that expensive. Now, if you spent 5000 bucks on a brand-new stereo system with all the latest and greatest uh, gizmos and speakers and so on, uh, that might be a different deal because, you know, you, to replace it, it's going to take a lot of money. But in this case, be 175 bucks for three years. If you uh, Let's say you put 200 bucks with that. You can get a brand-new dishwasher, so I wouldn't do that. Same thing with waterline insurance. I get, I get this a lot that... Um, that uh, my, they want to insure my water line for $6.50 a month or whatever. Again, they've played the, the statistics on that. Water line failures are very rare. Uh, there's a technical reason for that. I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but the city, the utility company, and the city and the plumbing codes require a, a continuous piece of pipe from the city water main roll the way into, into the basement of your house with no joints or elbows or anything but a one solid continuous piece of water pipe. That's why they almost never fail, whether they're the copper, which most of us have, or the newer plastic PEX water lines. Now, sewer lines are a different deal. That's a whole different animal, and warranties on those are hard to find. Sometimes insurance homeowners insurance companies will offer you a sewer line warranty and they may or may not want you to look at it with a TV camera before they write the warranty. But uh, if you're in an older home built before the, let's say, before the early 70s, you might want to, if it's available and not terribly expensive, get a sewer line insurance policy. Because sewer lines, that can be eight to ten grand minimum to replace your sewer your sewer line. So that might be a good bet. But water lines, no. Appliances, eh, not. Medium-priced appliances, probably not uh, not worth it. Uh, car warranties, I get every five minutes, it seems, I get a offer for car warranty right in the, in the mail. And again, they're playing the odds on this. Most of them are three grand or so up front, like a, a, a premium uh, that you, I've talked to my, I have a, a garage I use here in town. I've been using them for 35 or 40 years i really trust them and and uh, they say um today's car a couple of reasons that they say don't go don't buy an expensive car warranty first of all cars are much better engineered than they ever were uh and so the failure rates are are low you remember back in the in the 80s everybody was complaining about car quality and breakdowns i had a uh, a car, uh, actually, I, I can uh, made by one of the major uh, General Motors car, okay, and at forty eight thousand miles, the engine blew up. Now, 
it, you know, they, I tried to get them to cover it and they wouldn't because it was out of warranty. And I understand that, but uh, that kind of engineering is long gone. Today's cars uh, are a couple hundred thousand mile cars. If you change the oil and do stuff and do stuff cor- correctly in, in terms of maintenance, but those days are long gone. So cars today are well engineered. They don't fail. And so most of these warranties will last up to a hundred thousand miles. And that's when cars, according to my buddies over there at the at the shop, that's when they really start breaking down at about 100,000 miles, and then the warranty expires uh, anyway. And the other thing the guy said, and he wasn't picking any specific company, but he said that a lot of these warranty companies, you got to fight with them. So you'll bring the car in here, and something major, maybe a timing belt that's going to be a lot of labor or a transmission blows up or something, the guy needs his car for work and the car's sitting in our garage here and we're fighting with the warranty company. Will they cover it? And, uh, do they need to send uh, you know, somebody to look at it? How long is it going to be? And the guy needs the car. And so sometimes he'll just throw up his hands and fix it any anyway, whether the warranty. So he said, sometimes these warranty companies are hard to deal with because they nitpick. So for those reasons, uh, I'm kind of sideways here away from house stuff, but you get the idea. You uh, warranties. You got to kind of pick and choose. So be on this. Go back to making. I made a long story longer. <laughs> to go back to that initial email, I would not buy a warranty on a dish, on a dishwasher. Uh, let's see what do we got here. Lori says we're getting a water surge. The pressure on our on our system uh, goes uh, from sixty to seventy two pounds and back again. Uh, and uh, what's going on here? Well, I think you need to get a plumber involved. I I would probably, you know, apparently you're monitoring your pressure, and that's a good thing to do. I always want to know what the water pressure is in my uh, in my house, and um, uh, and if it's surging, there could be several things going on. A little bit of a surge is normal when your hot water heater comes on because hot water. As you heat it, it increases, not very much, but a little bit in volume, so the pressure can go up in a closed system. But what also might be going on, you might have an expansion tank that's on the fritz. Your your pressure regulator, all of us uh, have a pressure regulator where the water comes in from the city uh, that knocks the high pressure down to uh, something we can use inside the house. So your water pressure here in the Rocky Mountains might be 100 to 120 PSI out on the street, and in the house we only want 50 or 60. So the pressure regulator is there, and that can surge also. There's a bunch of springs and uh, inside of it and, and O-rings and uh, little uh, openings that you know can just break down and, 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 and kind of misfire, if you will, occasionally. So if this surge comes, still comes and goes, I would not let it wait wait too long in this. I would probably get a plumber involved and probably get an expansion tank, which will help level out any pressure increases. And also, I'll get a new pressure regular. That may be what's going on here. And uh, if as long as you don't have any dribbling out of your water heater, that would be my diagnosis. So thank you, Lori, for that, uh, for that uh, email. 719 473 40 is our contact line and live email at aroundthehouse.com. In the 2 o'clock hour, starting about 2.06, we're going to have Jim from Click Heating and Air here. We'll talk about HVAC stuff in our second hour right here on Around the House. We'll be right back. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. 
Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Tequila, good song. Way before you guys' time, but still kind of holds up today, huh? Not before your time, Matt? Okay. The Champs, right? I think one hit wonders. Nobody ever heard from them after the, that, I don't, I don't think. Let's see here, 11 minutes before the uh, hour. Again, Jim from Click Heating at 206 after the news. This is uh, from Bob. I have some old dated paneling I'd like to paint. Can you give me some some tips? This reminds me, I'm going to go up a little sidebar here. In the, I'm in, On Facebook, there's a group called Old Pictures of Colorado Springs, and it's really interesting. People post old black and whites and just all the you know pictures of the town when it was smaller and you've seen all that stuff and one of the pictures this week was the old El Paso County Jail on Cascade Avenue on the west side of Cascade you know kind of where the Pikes Peak Center is right now kind of there was that jail and a whole bunch of brick buildings along there I don't know if they were just stores or what there was it was all brick so in the early 70s they started to knock those buildings down and so we builders bought used brick from those buildings. Now, the used brick is easier said than done. When you demolish a building, each of those bricks has to be picked up by hand and cleaned off with a little chip hammer and then stacked up. It's a tedious, labor-intensive pro- uh, process. So <clears throat> I posted a thing on Facebook this week about about old used brick and how handsome it was because it had paint on it and soot and just imperfections that made it so charming. This was soft brick. Brick made in the early 20th century was fairly soft. We didn't use the uh, the uh, curing process, uh, the firing process that we might use on brick now. And so it was softer, which means it had more dents and dings in it. But it was very charming. You used black mortar instead of gray mortar, and it made a really pretty uh, pretty facade, a veneer on a house or inside a beautiful fireplace. So I was reminiscing on Facebook. I got a lot of likes on my post of how pretty used brick was. And the reason I got on that sidetrack is this this uh, uh, email from Bob here about old dated paneling. That was the same era when paneling was a big deal in houses. And uh, there was fake paneling, which, were, which was kind of a photograph of wood, which was the cheap, cheap kind. And then there were real veneers that were f- stripped off of logs. And the real wood paneling for its day was kind of handsome if it wasn't too dark the, the if it was birch or one of the lighter woods it was fine uh dark walnut was uh, kind of spooky made houses too dark but anyway bob has old pan, uh, old paneling um and he'd like to paint it well the problem with painting old paneling it ends up to look like old painted paneling because what it'll do it'll bring out the imperfections the cracks and knots and 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 little dings and in the wood that would be naturally there are emphasized when you paint paneling so all the imperfections will show up and it gets uglier really if you paint it uh you can try to remove it but that's problematic because in those days we we glued paneling right on the raw sheetrock with uh construction adhesive so you try to remove the paneling you're going to bring the sheetrock paper with you and it just makes an awful mess and really have to might have to re-sheet rock. So it's best, if you can, If and based on what I'm going to tell you here in a minute, you can leave it there and sort of cover it up. So let the paneling, uh, and this is how you do that. You can you can treat it like you would sheet rock. You can get 
Uh, you could put new drywall over the paneling. That's a lot of work. But you could also try to finish it with some drywall mud. Get a big wide blade putty knife and fill all the grooves because a lot of this paneling had vertical grooves in it. And the knots and the dings and the and the cracks and so on. Fill it up and and cover it over with drywall mud and get it nice and flat you know you see what i'm saying and maybe sand and do a couple of coats and sand between coats and so on and then put some uh of our old friend kills kills uh, sealer has a shellac in it and then you'll be left with a pristine surface a nice flat surface that you could apply some textured wallpaper over now wow no i know when i use the word wallpaper People go, oh, no, roll their eyes. But textured wallpaper like you'd find in a dentist's office or a lawyer's office, you know, it can be tan or gray. It's just uh, – it's, it's, it's not obtrusive. It just blends in with the background, especially if you decorate around it and use paintings and, and uh, lamps and other objects to art uh, of, that might go with the textured wallpaper. So it just will, it'll just fade into the background. You can get a light enough texture that it almost looks like finished drywall. So that's a lot easier. By the way, wallpaper today comes pre-pasted, which, uh, uh, you know, really works nicely because you just uh, can soak it with a little water and fold it up and let it relax and then put it on the wall. So that's an easy DIY way to handle old, panel, uh, old paneling. Drywall mud, a wide blade putty knife, and patience smooth it down sand it and then you want to prime it of course the primer makes a nice surface for anything to adhere to like the uh, bullseye one two three or the kills that we've talked about uh before uh and and you might be surprised bob at how that'll brighten up your family room and make it seem more modern as i say especially if you decorate around it also while you're there if you have dark brick and again in the 70s we used a lot of dark darker brick so you may have a big fireplace wall in that family room if you're sounds like you have a house built in the 70s here you might want to paint that brick painting brick will really highlight the room it'll make the room seem bigger and more inviting you have to be careful what color you pick you don't want it too bright but a again a tan-ish or grayish that might blend in with your now wallpapered paneled uh, wallpaper over paneling wall you can tie all that together and it'll make the room seem totally different. It, now, the problem with brick is that it's a one-way street. You can't change your mind after you're done painting brick because it's like a huge sponge. It will soak up all that paint, and it's not reversible. So you have to be you have to be careful with. Uh, you have to make that decision uh, again. It's a one-time decision, and you can change color. Of course, if you pick the wrong color, if you don't like it, you can always paint over that so it covers up uh, all the dust and dirt and soot on your uh, on your brick fireplace on that on that veneer, you know the brick uh, wall that is surrounding the fireplace on the at the end of your family room so that's one way to handle old dated paneling uh, again if you wanted to completely start over you can re-sheetrock and put some sheetrock right over the top uh, and uh, and then they can tape and tape and texture the sheetrock. It'll be just like a regular room. But try my my way first. It's uh, it sounds more daunting than it is. It's not that a big a deal to finish off with the drywall mud. Finish off the uh, uh, the paneling real quick here. Marxes have an old porcelain tub with water puddling in one of the corners. Started to rust. I tried to remove it. Is there anything I can do to save the surface? 
apparently the tub wasn't level, so the water is sat there, broken through that porcelain surface. Surface. Um, you would, ordinarily for dings and nicks, you use some porcelain repair kit uh, material, but uh, it won't last because it's in the low part of the tub where all the wear and tear is, and with the water and so on. Um, uh, I would check in with one of the bathtub refinishing companies. They can put a uh, epoxy or acrylic resin coat. You can change color of the bathtub and your whole bathroom if you want. Uh, these systems usually come with a five-year or so warranty. They're not warranted for a long time, but uh, if you want a long warranty, an acrylic bathtub liner is one way to check out. There are companies in town that do that. You might get a 20- or 25-year warranty with that. But anyway, uh, getting that tub refinished especially to a different color if you have an old-fashioned color now is the way to do that i would not try to uh to uh, patch it or touch it up you just will not be uh you will not be happy so thank you for that email and uh that's all she wrote for the first hour of the program we'll be back with hour number two with jim from the click heating and uh an air conditioning company we'll talk about hvac issues right after we take a break for the news let's see we're coming up yeah here we go so we will see you right after that right here on around the house our phone number 719-473-1240 is the phone number and uh, live email at aroundthehouse.com we'll be back right after the news right here on around the house minutes after the hour part two of around the house good to have you with us here on the program we have a special guest in the studio uh and this is an hvac expert jim roland from uh click heating and air at colorado springs a sponsor of ours and we're glad he's here because uh, i've got a lot of questions and we're, we were having some great comment uh comments back and forth uh, during the news and we're going to talk heating air conditioning especially air conditioning today and whatever else is on your mind if you want to give us a call if you have a heating question, an air conditioning, ventilation question, uh, give us a call, 719-473-1240. Jim, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Ken. Good to have you, uh, good to have you with us uh, here. We were talking, uh, and I've been advertising for you guys, but this is a real deal. These government regulations come and go, and we have one now that's going to make air conditioning harder to afford. Am I right about that? And here we go again. Uh, changing to things that are more energy efficient, but they're a lot more expensive, aren't they? That's true, Ken. They're switching all manufacturing since January 1st, so they can't produce the older systems that we had, the 13-seer units. So they are becoming harder and harder to get a hold of. The new rating is called SEER 2. So SEER 2 is going to make in the past like a 14.5-seer system re-rated down to 13. SEER is the energy efficiency rating, and so, so it's just like the government. Instead of continuing the numbers like they we've been to start over, and yeah. so you can't compare apples and apples and apples, I guess. So you've got a few of these units left, and you can use them until they are gone, right? But no more available. Is that basically exactly in the southern territories? They can't even install them anymore. But in our northern climates, where they're the best bang for the buck, the good products for us to install up here, uh, once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. And you told me we had lunch uh, a couple of months or a month or two ago, and 
you said about a thousand bucks more easily easily a thousand bucks so i guess what i'm saying to the listeners is if and i gotta listen life's too short not to have central air and if you want central air uh speak up right now or you'll be paying a, a thousand bucks more and can somebody reserve one of these and maybe you don't put it in right away or uh, how, uh, how can we handle that uh we're installing right now are you uh, even in the cold uh, weather most of the people that are preparing and pre-planning actually get better deals and values at this time of year than waiting until we're in May and June. Because you're not um, as busy, huh? Not as busy. We will Very do good. one-third of the business right now than we are doing in the middle of July. Very good. Well, that's that's good. So get on the get in the queue and and uh, and get a hold of you all. And uh, government regulations. I mean, their motives, they would say, are for the best of reason to save energy. The pro, you know, and I always do this on the show. We, we only cool two or three months a year here, right? I got kids in Phoenix, and they cool nine, ten months a year. And so that's, let's say a year from today, somebody buys central air, and they're going to spend a 1000 or more for the air conditioning. But if you do the arithmetic of how long it'll take to recover that 1000 bucks, that's where it all breaks down, doesn't it? It does. It can take easily eight, nine years to recap some of the energy differences. If you're going to super high efficiency, most of the time you're not buying it to save money on electricity, but you're ending up with a super comfortable system. So it's not an ROI anymore. It's more looking at the comfort levels that you're going to get, two-stage and variable speed compressors. Those are the high-efficiency ones. Well, but the thing is, if a a young couple, you know, and people move around a lot, if they're only going to be in their house three or four or five years – why would they want to put something in that a future buyer will get the benefit of instead of themselves, right? And, 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 so that's that's part of the arithmetic, isn't it? Very good point, yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, sign up for AC now um, and uh, and uh, save, save money, basically, yeah. Use them till they're gone. That's a good uh, – so we'll do, I'll give your phone number out, 782-5425 if you want to check in. And if you want to uh, give us a call here at the studio at the station – uh, please do that at 719-473-1240. I had an email earlier, and we were talking about this during the during the news of this woman named Carrie has a son in a townhome, and the people that built this townhome put the heat vents in the ceiling, which is just where you want them, right? Hello. You know, like we hang out on the floor, right? So it's hot, it's cold, and there's no return air, cold air return. And so I muddled through this email earlier, I'd love your feedback on it, that they've got to get you can't move the heat ducts at this point, but you got to have a cold air return down near where you hang out, right? Yes. Your slab is probably going to be at 68, 70 degrees constantly, and upstairs it's going to be a good five, six, seven degrees warmer. Now, one of the theories I talked, one of the solutions I talked about short term is turn the furnace fan on, mm-hmm. leave it on when you come home from work, and that'll help some, won't it, uh, to mix up the air masses a little bit. It does quite a bit, but you can also get a really good thermostat, like the Ecobees. You can program during the day to have that fan turn on on only different time schedules. Ah. And then while you're away at working, let it sh- cycle off. Say uh, that again, Ecobees? Ecobee, E-C-O-B-E-E. Ecobee, well, just like it sounds, Ecobee, uh-huh. okay. And they're a good product. I use one in my office. At 5 o'clock in the evening, the fan shuts off, but in it. Seven in the morning, it clicks on, and it circulates the air around our office so everybody's comfortable. And we try to average temperatures that way. Just are like they, we're talking about. Oop, look what I just did here. Are they as expensive as the – I know the Nest thermostats people talk about a lot are ex- really expensive. Are these expensive? It's Nest's competition. But oh, okay. 
So very good product. Nest has a lot of fun features on it, but the EcoBees are very uh, bulletproof in my opinion. So a couple hundred bucks, he's going to get us. I just knocked my coffee over after spending all that time talking about McDonald's coffee in the first hour. But you know what, Matt? I knocked it over and the thing was closed because of our new solution. So there you are, right? (laughs) Anyway, live radio. Here we go. Jim, you heard my talk about the McDonald's thing. I just love that. I appreciate that because I never knew how to handle that lid. Yeah, push it down with your upper lip is what we're told. Anyway. So Ecobee thermostats. All right. Well, there's one recommendation uh, for us. So that you could you can pro you could program it to turn the fan on and off to mix up the air, even if you're not home, is what you're saying. Yes. There's also a great little sensor Ecobee has. It's a remote sensor that you can put upstairs. It'll Bluetooth talk to the thermostat downstairs. Ah. So at nighttime, if you wanted to run the temperature off the upstairs remote sensor and be comfortable, you don't have to run downstairs and change the temperatures technology for you. i love it yeah. that's, that's kind of nice yeah that's great um furnaces i remember in the 80s when we were talking earlier about how car manufacturers kind of hit their bottom in the 80s when people were always complaining about cars breaking down and poor engineering and so on and the same was true in my opinion of furnaces the old magic chefs and some of those awful brands from the 80s furnaces these days though are a lot better engineered than they used to be. Am I right about that? We don't hear the issues like we used to, heat exchangers and all that. You are. The technology's changing. The heat exchangers are getting much more solid. Uh, the tube-style heat exchangers are very durable, lasting a good 20, 25 years. Most manufacturers put 20-year warranties on them. On, on the heat exchangers? On the heat exchangers. That's really great. Yeah. Well, and The technology on the motors that are driving the airflow also are getting much better. DC motors variable speed motors they're without the capacitors so you're not going to have the technicians telling you every couple years oh you need a new capacitor and that's a huge cost now we have motors without brushes too right yes electronic brushes so to speak what are they called ecm electronically commuted motors just a fancy term to be without brushes fancy term for an expensive motor too right (laughs) (laughs) they're expensive on the install but the durability are excellent and they're also called a constant torque motor so they really do produce better airflow in your house very good a new furnace people are amazed on how different it is inside the home now it's interesting when we when when the energy code came along in the 90s we went to these uh, we had a blower or a, a draft motor and furnaces got noisy people would call and i started the show in the early 90s people would call them furnaces are just making a racket um that that's gotten better hasn't it they've got they're less noisy than they were when all this change happened right? it has they've learned some do's and don'ts on those designs so they're starting to make them also with better cabinets on the exterior if you have the cabinet door off it's going to be louder you put the door on it quiets down quite a bit sure Sure. But you were right. In the 80s, they had some that they were testing out, and they were like a legit engine starting up. I know, because the draft motor would start, and then the blower would come on, and it just was a double. Yeah, and um, it's so funny how engineering catches up with the government regulations if they'll let it, like the old low-flow toilets when they came along in the 90s. Heck, people were were, were – bring toilets in from canada they because the low flow toilets when they first came out you have to flush them twice they wouldn't they would clog they wouldn't stay clean so same idea as the uh technology gets engineering gets better people uh enjoy the technology and it's better uh, as you said for comfort huh and for uh, quite a bit well with the new furnace one of the upper end furnaces you have so many options you can set the fan to be on a low speed 50 to 60 percent and circulate that air all day long 
somewhere around May, mine turns on, and I don't shut that fan off until September. Well, that's an, I forgot to ask you that a minute ago. If I sometimes I'll tell people if they have asthma or allergies and they want to run that air through the filter twenty four seven, how much? Uh, I'm telling people maybe twenty five bucks a month to run the fan twenty four seven. Is that a little optimistic? What do you? What would? You, what do you guess? You're accurate on a fan that is running at full power. But like a normal furnace fan that we would have. An older style furnace fan. Yeah. But the newer f- systems with the ECM motors, they'll drop down to the lowest speed. And that consumption is be about one-fifth or one-seventh of its high speed. So it's going to be 5 $6 a month. But why, would why Jim, if you, want, if you want to get air, because your kid's got asthma, air through those, that filter, why would you want it on a lower speed? Why not just a regular speed? Uh, only for the energy savings. If you want to turn on high, you're going to have higher noise levels. Okay. And it's going to cost you more in energy because a motor running at 100% is about five times more expensive than one at 50%. And there's 25 or $30 a month, right? Yeah. Electrical. Okay. But your filter, you're right. If you're moving the air all the time, you're filtering the air. Yeah. Now, if somebody comes home, opens all of the windows in the house and says, I love the fresh air. Well, here comes the pollen. Here comes the smoke. Here comes the dust. Yeah. Game off. You just stopped and damaged all the stuff you're trying to clean. That's not a home that has 12 Kleenex boxes and children with asthma. Got it. Got it. I, In my case, I have a humidifier, April air humidifier, and if when I feel, you know how that you have that feeling, you're going to get a cold's coming, mm-hmm. you know it's something's going on in your throat and your nose, and so I'll turn my furnace fan on 24-7 because to get that humidity, which seems to help me. So there's another reason to run a, uh, a fan all the time, right, if you want extra humidity. It is good, and you can hook up your humidifier, if you have enough wires to it, to the Ecobee thermostats or to a really good thermostat that will control it from your living space instead of the ductwork. So there's a lot of options you can do that will give you much more comfort So the thermostat measures the relative humidity and… Uh, turns on and off the fan without your furnace. Some can be designed for that. Maybe I need to check that out. How many wires do you need? You need one extra wire to run that, but five wires typical for a basic air conditioning system. So with the Ecobee, would you need more than five? If you want to run your humidifier and maybe a two-stage furnace and a two-stage air conditioner. So each one needs a wire. Yeah. When we pull a wire to it, whether we're just hooking up a furnace, I always pull eight wires. So in the future, the customer has something that they can adapt to and we don't have to go and do it again. Very good. It's uh, 18 minutes after the hour. We're a little late, so we'll take a break. Be back with some, hopefully, phone calls. We'd like to get some feedback here from listeners. If you have an HVAC question, give us a call, 719-473-1240, and live email at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back. Speaking of heating and cooling, you know, your windows are big energy wasters, and if you have ugly old, particularly single-glazed windows from the 70s, you got to get rid of them and get some new energy-efficient vinyl windows on your house, specifically from Dutch's Home Improvement. Dutchess has been around over 30 years. I know you've heard their name before, and I want you to give them a call and get some new windows. Not only will you save energy summer and winter, if you have AC in the summer and heating in the winter, of course, natural gas getting more expensive. So good windows will really help out with your energy bills. Give them a call, 719-392-1369. And another benefit is your house is going to look younger than its actual age. It'll really spiff up the kind of the, the uh, curb appeal of your house. So Give Dutchess a call. They have, also have a good website, dutcheshomeimprovement.com. Tell them I sent you, and uh, they have the best installers in town, the best brands of vinyl windows. you got to get this done, though. If you have ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows, replace them. Call Dutchess, 719-392-1369, or dutcheshomeimprovement.com. 
rake around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. We're at 23 minutes after the hour. We're talking to Jim Rowland from Click Heating and Air, a local uh, vendor, a relatively new sponsor of ours. We're so glad they're on the air with us. And we have a caller. Steve, you're on the air uh, with uh, Ken Moon uh, and Jim from Click Heating. Hi, ho, Steve Arino. How about that for a 50s reference? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I appreciate the informative nature of your show. A Thank couple you. quick questions. I was having a discussion with my brother-in-law. We had a house by Conwood Park, and the batteries and the thermostat didn't work. Had a bunch of frozen pipe issues. And he said he thought that all thermostats were hardwired to the house electric. And I said, boy, I don't think so, because unless you've got, like, the latest, greatest Nest version, it's DC off of the transformer rectifier in the furnace. What are your thoughts? Most thermostats now are AC voltage. It's 24 volts, but it does come right from the furnace. So if you okay. do not have a common wire, sometimes they will run off the battery. Double uh, A batteries or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if beginning this. If the batteries fail, does that make sense? It does. You're if the batteries the fail, you don't have the common loop and your thermostat is running off those batteries, then it'll shut down your furnace. Yeah, if they, if that's what I thought. We would only, am I right, Jim? We would only use three or four wires for thermostats in the old days, and there's not enough, enough wires to get the power from the furnace so the batteries are a substitute, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's another reason why when we install a system and you're putting in air conditioning or humidifier, we pull extra wires. So, therefore, you could feed it right from yeah. it. So, the 24 volts comes through the thermostat, and the common allows it to continually operate. But it is 24-volt DC off the furnace, not from AC, the house. It's AC, okay. right, Jim? Yes, it's but AC, it's 24 but off the furnace. Yeah. And it is AC, not DC? Yep, AC voltage. Oh. Yeah, because it ran it through a transformer, 120 down to 20, 24 volts. Right. One thing your friend could have done, and of course it's too late now, is you can get uh, a cold or a temperature sensor to tie your cell phone, right? So if the temperature falls... Uh, you know, below 45 or something, whatever you set it at, it'll call your cell phone. So that's something uh, if you're going to, if people are going to go away, Steve, for extended periods, why wouldn't you do that? You know, you can buy them on Amazon or you can go to your alarm company and get them. That is a splendid idea. Second question, we're going through this inspection report on a condo, Flint Ridge and Academy, 50 years old, and the inspection report called for CO detectors in the house. It's three-story condo been around 50 years it has hot water heat there is no open flame appliances whatsoever there's a boiler three floors down and he's just adamant and got to have co detectors uh did i miss something or is that really not necessary is the boiler gas separated the boiler is three floors down in not the even utility. part of the living space yeah if it's so a- uh it's, it's hot water heat for both heating and bathrooms sink so I don't see that there's any pressing priority no, if there's to have CO detectors. Let's just make you feel good. A little bit of both. If you? there is a gas-fired appliance in the home, in the living space, then you have to have a CO detector within 15 feet right. of the bedroom on that floor. So, right, but there are none. It, or if, if then, it's an attached no, garage no would also be another reason to have one. Then you'd be fine. Yeah, there's, yeah. No ga- there's no gas open flame appliances anywhere in the unit and yeah i can't see what this is a a private home inspector right correct yeah i don't you know jim i can't see a reason to have one no most home inspectors are going to be in a habit of saying it so it may have been an overlook and just that we need it 
You know, people burn candles, I yeah. suppose, you, but to take a lot of candles to <laughs> to set off yeah. a carbon monoxide detector, wouldn't it? <laughs> if, you're, if you're burning candles or cranking up your bong, okay, maybe. Okay. Okay. Last question. Go last ahead. Last question. Uh, and you've discussed it before. Uh, it's got small panel, 80 amp, and it's got the old Federal Pacific breakers. Yeah. And I think, to refresh me, I think, Ken, you had said they can be more elegantly and cost-effectively replaced with the Eaton breakers. Is that correct? Well, you can well, – a couple of – the Eaton is a bus system where you actually replace the guts of the panel. There are right. there are breakers made by the American – used to be the American company, American breaker company out of Canada because of liability issues. And I don't know if they still make them or not. So you can go – but they're really expensive. Like a normal 15-amp breaker is, what, 3 bucks or – Whatever yeah, it is, yeah, under ten, yeah, uh, yeah, and these these would be sixty bucks a piece. So if if they don't want to do the Eaton or if they can't find a company to put that in, uh, tell them to go find substitute breakers uh, and look for the American brand. I've seen them at Lowe's. I don't not lately, but so they could put new breakers in there, and that would help. Yeah. Well, five, five grand for an eighty amp panel strikes me as kind of on the top so, end. It seems like well, they would have to put a hundred in today. The city wouldn't let them put less than a hundred in, but uh, five grand is that's about the going rate, isn't it, for a new panel? We just do the heating well, and air conditioning okay. side, but when <laughs> my customers talking about it, you're going to be in that range yeah, four, yeah. five, six, depending upon the difficulty. But the Eaton is going to yeah. be a third of that if they can find Foster Electric. Used to be the company that put them in. Uh, it, it, it's a kit. Steve, uh, it only works with specific kinds of Federal Pacific panels, but uh, I got one in my house, uh, and uh, it's really low cost because it's like putting a new engine in an old car kind of idea. You rip all the guts of the panel out, put the new bus bar in, and then just regular, normal Cutler Hammer breakers. So have him call Foster's and see uh, if they still do that. Good idea. And uh, your gentleman speaking today, is he, he's a ream dealer because I'm kind of fond of ream also. He's a ream dealer, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, that's my favorite, yeah. I have a ream water heater, ream yeah, furnace, yeah. Um, anyway, Steve, it's good to hear good from you. Luck with it. Thank you. You have a good Bye-bye. week. Take care. Steve calls quite a bit. He's an old Air Force uh, uh, guy that uh, really is a, really is a uh, good guy. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, not sp- specific, but I ran into a deal this week where an all-electric subdivision, and we talked about it during during the news, there's a big push by the federal government, and of course now it's trickled down to Polis and the state government, all-electric, got to go all-electric. As a matter of fact, I think in, when they had that forest fire up in Erie and Louisville and up that area, uh, the city councils passed all-electric for rebuilds, and I think that's maybe has gone away, but there's a big push for all-electric, and we talked about it. You don't see electric heat pumps here for one reason, uh, where it's too cold. Uh, give me your th- overview thoughts. It seems to me we're going to be with natural gas for a while. Do you agree? I'm still hoping so. Natural gas is a fantastic way to heat your house, but with the environmental changes, everybody pushing towards different alternatives, manufacturers are scrambling right now to come up with some good good choices for us. Yeah, so your manufacturers, Ream and Train and people like that, they're, are they working on better heat pumps? And what are they up to these days? Are they seeing this coming? They're seeing it coming, and they're trying to make the changes. But even talking to their technical divisions this past week, a heat pump system is working well down to our mild temperatures. Once we get into that super cold or into the zeros, it's more challenging. Yeah, Mitsubishi will have something called a hyperheat. Hyperheat will go down to negative 5 degrees. 
and they do advertise some of them negative 15, where there's absolutely very little, but it diminishes. So you can't always get what you need. You have to use backup electric. That's going to be heat strips, which are very expensive to run. Well, the electric baseboard heat, which was a kiss of death, builders back 30 years ago or so or more, um, if it was an all-electric house, it had baseboard radiation all around the, the rooms, and people would just wouldn't go for it because it's so darn expensive. You know, there's a. I was talking to these guys this week. Which which would be cheaper, running a natural gas line right into your house and, and burning the lighting it on fire, right? That's one scenario. <laughs> or running the natural gas through a power plant and a turbine and a steam thing and a generator and transformers and wires up and down. Of course, it's going to be more expensive electric heat versus natural gas heat. But you're saying that may change someday, huh? You're thinking? Uh, the, if the technology can catch up with it and put in something a little bit better. Uh, we also have the issues where I have a 100-amp panel on my home, which right. is a good-sized house. Yeah, uh, We're 2,700 square feet. Today, you'll see the 150s and the 200-amp panels on the new construction. Yeah. So I have an old home that have to be retrofitted in order to carry the electrical. Sure, and let alone elect- charging an electric car. Yes. Now, here's the other... People that uh, are want to, I've said this on the air a thousand times. I've said it once. If you're into saving the planet, uh, go somewhere else. I'm into. I, I, it's fine to save the planet if the mathematics makes sense in terms of your family budget and your ability to pay and and so on. So spending money to save energy works if you do the arithmetic. Uh, recovery time we talked about and and that uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, but. Uh, you were you were saying during the one of the breaks, uh, people are talking about a thousand dollar electric bills when these super cold months and wondering what what happened. Right, it's that, physics, right? Yeah, and that was just during our last cold snap. Yeah, talking to the Ream Tech, he was telling me about customers saying that they couldn't quite heat the house, so the backup electric kicks in. Right, and it's just spinning the meter, basically the old fashioned meter, to where it's costing them up to a thousand dollars. I was just reviewing my gas and total electrical charges. Uh, for Colorado Springs Utilities, they've gone up. Yeah. But why not be able to take that 80% furnace, replace it with a 96%, 97%, 98% efficient furnace from Ream, and the savings is huge, not to mention the amount of waste that's going out the vent pipe is going to be one-fourth of what it was. So a higher efficiency, regular natural gas furnace. The other thing yes. that, that sounds fine with me, and and um, uh, and our 96 is available right and they are right now oh, right? right now yes yeah readily yeah. available and the beauty is if you have a hundred thousand BTU furnace in your home that's producing 80 percent that has an 80,000 BTU yield well if you go to an 84,000 furnace with 96 percent you're going to have the exact same so you can downsize your furnace get and, a quieter operating gas usage per hour right yep and your yield your output of it is going to be the same equivalency as your old wasteful one so yeah. you've downsized, you've right-sized, and sure. you're getting excellent, beautiful heat out of it. I was going to say, what other unintended consequences? You know, all of our power lines are underground now, which is good. But all of those wires in the subdivisions, transformers and things behind people's fences and under the uh, behind the trees and all that, that's all going to have to be changed if everybody gets an electric car or mm-hmm. electric heat pump. All those wires are too small to add another 100 and 150 amps to each home. So... Unintended consequences, huh? 
anyway, um, it's time for a quick break, and then we'll do another segment. Uh, we're talking to Jim from Click Heating and Air. Their number is 7825425, right? I got yes. that in my head. Okay, very good. Or clickheatingandair.com. They have a really cool website. I hadn't seen this before. Four clicks, and you get a price on a furnace or air conditioner at your PC, at your desk, at home, which is a great way to And you don't have to, do to give it. me all your information either. Yeah. You just yeah. find out your price. If you like the company, you can call us up. Very good. Well, we'll be right back. Time for a break, and we'll uh, check in with Jim. One more segment here on the Around the House program. Give us a call, 719-473-1240. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's 20, actually 19 minutes before the hour talking to Jim uh, Roland from uh, Click Heating and Air in Colorado Springs. And um, we wanted to talk about filters a little bit. Uh, people whose kids are, have allergies and asthma and hay fever, those kinds of things, think that the, the tighter the filter, you know, you get these expensive $25 a piece filters online and so on. But there's a downside, isn't there, to over filtration? There is you are definitely going to filter out the pollen and the dust and the mites with those filters. But unfortunately, if it's a small, small filter on a big furnace, you're blocking airflow. So the furnace can overheat? It can overheat. We'll be doing a service check on a filter that a customer does not think is dirty, and it could be at 155-degree output and tripping out on high temperatures. We pull the filter out, and it drops down to its normal operating range, and it works great. So... We talked about, and there's, I can't remember the name, the MERV, M-E-R-V, efficiency rating, uh, the higher the number, the tighter the filter, right? So yes. you like the five, six, seven-ish MERV numbers, is that what you're saying? Well, the rule of thumb is if you've been having problems with a filter getting too dirty too fast, go to a cheaper filter, yeah. and it's going to allow better airflow. The downside is you're not going to be filtering out those dust and contaminants. You can fix that by installing a better filter system. But it is going to be more of an expensive approach. Like a thicker uh, a filter, for we instance? Will, yeah, we can go into the return ducts and install a larger filter box that allows for a six-month filter. Or mine at my house is almost up to one year. It'll go an entire year, but it's a huge filter. And it cleans 99.9% of the dust and pollens down to 0.1 micron. Do you remember 20 years ago or so, the, the uh, washable filters were yes, all the yes. rage? And after the fifth or sixth time, you're not getting all the dog hair out of there. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. And they also block. Uh, they say the best thing to stop any dust and particles is a sheet of plywood. You just don't get much airflow through them. <laughs> well, those washable filters, they were like 75 bucks even in 20 years ago. They were really expensive. Yes. And they're called electrostatic. Yes. So, uh, which is a misnomer. Electrostatic to me is something that's got plugged in. And has the little snap, crackle, pop thing going, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a true electrostatic. Uh, are those still around, those snap, crackle, pop They're the filters? They're old electronic air cleaners. Are they still so around? Not many, no. Okay. Uh, you really can't buy one unless you're searching for it to put it in. Were they no good to begin with? No, they were good. They worked great. They would reduce the smoke and do everything else, but they're very high maintenance. Okay. Customers don't like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're looking for things that you can change easily on your own or clean Train built some great products. Uh, April Air has some very good air filtration ones, electronic and media style. And Lennox builds great ones. 
But I don't just choose one product line for a customer. We look for the best application for them. We guys don't like high maintenance anyway. That's in our nature, right? (laughs) If you think about it. Anyway, so what I hear you say is you go to Lowe's or Albertsons or grocery store and buy a corrugated paper filter with a five-ish MERV Mm -hmm. rating, and and that's okay. Yes, they Uh, will work just fine. It's a good compromise. Yeah. And what I've said to people, and I'd love your feedback on this, Jim, is if you have a kid with maybe with hay fever or just sensitive uh, uh, respiratory system, you can put a HEPA f- a filter uh, fan, a true HEPA, in that bedroom and run that air all night long, and clean up the air in that particular bedroom. you like that idea? Yes, it's only taking care of that bedroom, though. Right, but at least if, overnight they sleep better yes. maybe and, and uh, have less issues at night. I don't know about you, but my respiratory stuff, I have a cold or something, seems to always perk up at night when I lie down. And so that, yeah. So I have one in my room, my bedroom, and I like the white noise anyway. But I think, you know, if you if I take it apart, there's a lot of dust in there. So it's picking mm-hmm. up a lot of stuff and getting rid of it. Yeah, They do work. I've been in the industry 35, 40 years. Uh, every time it seems to get longer, but it makes me older and older. But anyway, the... We have a great air filter in our house. We have a fan that runs all the time, so I'm always filtering the air. Uh-huh. And then we have a humidifier to keep about 30 to 32% humidity. Right. Those really help out for the respiratory problems and the allergies and the other issues. You find you, your family has less these issues uh, with, with the systems in place you have now? Yeah, my wife will tell me when the humidifier is not working. She can sense it. Okay. Um She's been in the business with me the whole time, and she will tell me, let's get this, let's get that. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm, you're in the business, make it happen. <laughs> yes, dear, is better, but that's okay, yeah. right? <laughs> Jim, uh, final question. Um, we we talk, You have a, and I appreciate this, you got a special deal for my listeners, 79 bucks to get the furnace checked and clean. When furnaces were made poorly engineered, uh, decades, you know, 80s, 90s, that kind of thing, it was important every year to get a furnace, older furnace especially checked, and that's still the case. Uh, newer furnaces, we still need to look at it every year, uh, even though it may not be a, a safety issue, carbon monoxide type thing, but is it good to get a furnace checked every year anyway? It is. It can be a cleaning check, and we can get inside and make sure the flame sensor is working properly, that your pressure switches are working properly, and the pressure switches are for the uh, gas inducer motor, it's pushing all the fumes to the outside. You yeah. want to make sure that those are good. It's going to fail when we're at zero or 10 degrees outside and it's running four or five times as much as normal. So get a good checkup at the beginning of the season. We go through it, clean it up, uh, make sure that all the motors are not over ramping. There's nothing vibrating loose and falling apart. Flames on Flames look good. No. Flames look good. Check that. We can check the gas pressures, make sure that they're operating at optimum. What I've said to people before is that if you're doing this, say, in September, on a warmish day, you could do an AC and furnace check in one trip, right? It is possible. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, the, uh, conversely, in the spring, I guess you can do you can do both. Do you have a price you can throw at us? 79 bucks for the furnace. How much for both furnace and AC? Do you have one in your head? Easily be 79 for each one of them, and okay. we can check them out in the operation. You do need to get a day that's over 60 degrees, 70 degrees is preference for yeah. doing an AC check. And in Colorado, 15 minutes, the weather changes. Sure. I, I, I do home inspecting, as, some, as I've told you, and I never mm-hmm. will turn an air conditioner on if it's below 65. Is that a good number? You can turn it on just to see if it's functional, if it's operating, but we cannot run it for a long period of time. It'll cause damage to the compressor. Yeah. So on, 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 if the weather's good, you can do both, furnace and AC. 
Yes. Uh, and one, uh, save you, everybody saves a trip. You have to be home only once, right, and all that. So, uh, so measure, so a, an analysis, even of a newer furnace, gas, electric, blower, if things are operating as they're supposed yeah. to be. And right? your manufacturer wants you to do it once a year for the 10-year duration of its warranty. Mm-hmm. And if it's proved that you're not doing it, they can cause a problem. But most people are very good about making sure their new equipment is taken care of. Very good. Jim is a Ream dealer. Ream is my favorite brand. We've talked we talked about it a few minutes ago. Uh, 719-782-5425. Click heating dot, heatingandair.com. Do I have that right? You do. And yep. on that website, in four or three easy clicks, you can get a price on a furnace or an air conditioner. We have pricing for replacement for a new home AC ready. And for I've never had air conditioning before. Uh, it's really well laid out, and customers are amazed. How get the AC ordered now, right, because of that price change. Yes, uh, and um, we are installing in beautiful weather like right now, and if it's a cold day, we'll come back and give a free maintenance and do the startup in the summertime. Very good. Yeah, okay, very good. So, yeah, the government regs are changing. When these units are gone, they're gone. So we still have, have a few left, and people give you a call. That's the point of all this, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed our talk. We'll do this again sometime. I thought it went really well. I've learned some stuff today, and and, uh, I'm so glad uh, that you came. Clickheatingandair.com. And um, by the way, one thing I've talked to you, you're not in business to sell people stuff they don't need. And I hear this complaints on email and on calls on my show. Uh, The guy sold me a blower, and turns out he didn't need a blower. That's not – there are some companies that do that. Thankfully, not very many. But you don't have folks on commission running around selling stuff you don't need. No, we do not. And that's one reason why we show our pricing online. We will get phone calls that they just had a, somebody condemn their furnace, $6,000, $8,000, and they'll get online and see our furnace pricing and ask us, what's the difference? Well, straightforward, true Straightforward. Pricing. And they may not need a new furnace anyway. I mean, it's, it, you know, it de- depends on what's wrong. But, I, you know, your heat exchanger is bad. You hear that a lot. Yes. And we need to sell a furnace so we can make this week's payroll. Right? That, those are the folks that you want to avoid. That's why I do like that upfront pricing because you're not there's nothing hidden. I no, like it, and it's real installation costs. Jim, thanks a lot. Clickheatingandair.com. Give them a call. We're going to take a break right now. Be back with the wrap up the show right after this, right here on Around the House. Thank, Thank you, Jim. You. Well, this is a coincidentally a commercial for Click Heating and Air. Jim, the owner, just left the program. But I wanted to remind you about this AC thing. It's really important because uh, Central Air, any realtor or appraiser will, will tell you that it adds real value to your house. You want Central Air. I have it, and you can create your own indoor air environment in the summertime. Now, the problem is there are new government regulations, of course, from Washington that require more efficient units. And there's some. Uh, Jim has a limited supply of the old 13-seer air conditioners, which for our climate are just fine. But when the supply is gone, that's it. You'll be paying over $1,000 more for central air. So give them a call right now, 719-782-5425, and say you want central air. They'll put it in soon, and maybe if they can't fire it up because the weather is too cold, they'll come back when it warms up in the spring. But the point is you'll have a comfortable summer. You won't be sweltering. Create your own indoor AC environment this summer. Call Click at 782-5425 or clickheatingandair.com. Fix it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's work. Look, I 
my fault. Took the break a little late. We're going to have a short segment here, but that's okay. Appreciate Jim Rowland being here from Click Heating. And uh, it was a good segment, a good, well, actually, three segments. I learned a lot, and I hope you did also. 719-473-1240. Speaking of Jim, this is another Jim says, My unfinished basement has insulation on the walls. is covered with white plastic. Do I have to worry about mold behind it? Well, usually not. It's, you know, it's hard to say definitively. Uh, since it is plastic, that can hold moisture between the plastic and the concrete wall. So it's a good idea to check it once in a while. You can, it's, it's easy to do. Just put a, you know, t-shirt on and stick your hand and bare arm up under the blankets uh, at, at different places around the basement, maybe six or five or six lo- locations. It'll feel cold. Uh, but as long as it, it may be a little damp. Now, sometimes w- with your skin perception, it's hard to know what, what's cold and what's damp because they feel the same. But as long as it isn't actually wet, you're okay. You pull your hand, your arm back, and it's covered with water, you got another problem. Uh, if there's extra um, uh, moisture behind there, uh, I suppose mold could form. But it's, a, it, it's kind of a warning like the old canary in a coal mine that you may have some issues with moisture and mold, uh, it's things that you you just have to work on from the outside, like poorly placed downspouts or soil that slopes the wrong way. So, uh, if you have moisture behind there, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a little bit of a warning. But checking that once in a while is a pretty good idea. This is called encapsulated insulation. It makes a wonderful place for kids to throw darts at and baseballs and for dogs to claw and rip the the plastic cover on the insulation i see that a lot it's a very vulnerable part uh, of the basement speaking of insulation uh what do we got here a couple minutes the crawl space in my insulation says ron the crawl space in my house is insulation hanging down the walls is this doing me any good Uh, yeah a little bit the soil around your house is about 50 degrees year round Uh, that's colder than the crawl space should be and colder than the house of course is so uh, if you protect the furnace and the furnace environment and the uh, ultimately the upstairs uh, from those colder temperatures yeah it it is helping Um, the problem with crawl space insulation is it tends to they glue it on a lot of times it'll some people try to fasten it with wires but sometimes it it drapes down and just picks up moisture or falls uh, onto the dirt and so isn't it's hard it's a little problematic to maintain but you need to stick your head down there once in a while make sure it's it's intact and hanging on the walls like it uh, like it should be um in terms of crawl space you need to crawl spaces need to be ventilated even in the winter time you don't want a lot of ventilation down there you don't want a lot of cold air but you want to, uh, you want to. I uh, have at least one crawl space vent open in the winter time. Maybe even more if you have a furnace down there. By the way, I like the idea of insulating the ceiling of the crawl space as well as the walls. That way, the floor that you walk around upstairs is going to be a little warmer. So that helps also. The ceiling of the crawl space is the floor above, and you want to keep that uh, away from those colder crawl space temperatures. So thanks for that. Uh, that email well that's it for the program we're gonna uh, see you uh, next time remember the podcast uh, chris will have the podcast up within a couple hours after we go off the air go to aroundthehouse.com and click on listen to podcast or the krdo site if you would like matt mckinley thanks chris moyer in the control room as always we appreciate it i'll see you next time and i hope you have a wonderful week god bless and join us next time right here on around the house